So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey folks, thanks for listening to the Ace of Geeks podcast. We're discussing Stranger Things at about 20 minutes in on this episode, so if that's all you came for, just give about 20 minutes in. But the rest of it is really fascinating. There's LARPs and cool discussions and stuff like that. Uh, but And lots of spoilers when you oh, get yes, there. Oh yes, tons of Stranger Things spoilers. Uh but if you like this podcast and you want to support us, please go and leave us a review wherever you found us, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. And uh, just tell your friends, too. That that helps a lot, too. But if you want to support us in a more monetarily fashion, you can go to audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. You get access to over 180,000 audiobooks, and your first one is free. That's audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. We are wizards. We are crewmen. We are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good We are DMs, we are players We are hardened undead slayers Elven archers roam the enchanted wood We all pretend to be something So why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on Keep it up and we can rule the world Whatever you love is not wrong There's power in your phantom Keep strong, nerd on the cash that you pick up while uh, on a LARP and you know people go down you loot the body right or the uh, the the gold rings that I find on the enemies that I murder on the on my adventures or when you're in the car and just there are gold rings on the road that collect in your car <laughs> but if somebody touches you at all you lose no, all of them and you have to frantically run around and pick I think them up. that's a specific medical condition called like <laughs> hedgehog's disease <laughs> do you folks have a sonic around here I was I have a limeade Oh, oh man, I was there with Sonic close. The closest Sonic, oh, Sonic is two hours away. I, I think just... mine, mine is mine the closest Sonic, the one in Hayward? Uh, yes. Oh, no, no, the one in Hayward. I, knew the, I only knew the one in Tracy, so maybe the one in Hayward is... is... Hayward's Ooh. an exaggeration. It's most of the way to Hayward. Like, okay. it is essentially... If you... Mission runs between... To here? So Hayward no, is just no. across, 90, across yeah. the bridge from here, yeah. so... So that is closer to here than Tracy, yes. No, oh. no. I'm... What's your question? I... I don't know how to get out of this miscommunication now. Just okay. ask a question, right. and we'll shut up. Why is the sky blue? <laughs> so this the one sky... time I was interrupting Jared. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Who's interrupting there? cow. Interrupting Who? You? Knock, knock. Very Who's rude. There? Schizophrenic chicken. Schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> knock, what knock. What about Sonic? Dad is punchline. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so no, for, for folks wondering what the strange new voices before Jarius tells what uh, heck quest, Sonic question they have, Devin introduce yourself. I don't yourself. have a Sonic question. Hi, uh, my name is Devin Apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, among <laughs> other, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, Bay Area gamer. I've been LARPing with uh, 
the Dreams of Deirdre group for over a decade, and I'm also the LARP coordinator for Big Bad Con. Yes. And uh, eventually you will see, well, be completely unable to see his face along with mine in the music video for uh, Player Two by our the band that does our theme song, Kessel Run. That's right. <laughs> I didn't know you were in. Yes. Yeah, um, I was guard number two, I think. Yes. Oh, when was that? Uh, a while ago, and oh, then re- more recently, yes, and then yes, yes, not again. Yes. No, That's it was, right. Uh, it was, no, it was fun. Yeah, so what questions do you have about Sonic? Oh, I just wanted to know, you said that so Sonic is closer to here than Hayward, that makes it sound like it's on the bridge? <laughs> oh, does. no, 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 I think, no, I think that was, I think, I think ironically, the one that's far from me already is the closest one to here. Oh, ah, I see. I, see. I, I see. think that's what That happened. is ironic. Um, and also sad, did we just have a consumer gasm the moment someone mentioned Sonics? You know what? I don't have it that often, and their tater tots are fucking delicious. Yeah, Sonic, really if you want to pay me to say that, I will take your money to say that. You know what people haven't invented yet, which would be good? What? Imagine this. Tater tots with a little bit of sharp cheddar melted in on one side, and mar- a little bit of marinara melted in on the other. You know what would make that even better? What? If you took the cheddar and the marinara out. No. And then just gave me a tater tot. No. Okay. <laughs> have you, you ever had tot shows? Oh, what are tot shows? They are like nachos. But tater tots. But tater tots. Oh, oh no, I never had that. All right. I, I thought that would be like um, scalloped potatoes, like very thinly sliced over which you built nachos, like a loaded potato pa- uh, platter or something. <laughs> no, um, just tater Mexican tots. Style. Yeah. Welcome to the Ace of Geeks, where we talk about <laughs> what college white guys eat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, you got a good line on some instant soup? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you do not want to hear about these Pringles I put away last night while playing Halo. So Somebody was saying, I don't know if this is actually true, but apparently there was an, a visual, visible uptick in Pringles sales after the yes. Ghostbusters movie. Well, I, you can't <laughs> deny those tasty parabolas. <laughs> that was so awesome. That, that was, was such an incredible line. I'm really uh, glad I was paying attention to her at that moment. That movie has such a dynamic balance in opinion where you have people who are either super for it, super against it, or people who are saying, hey, hey, I just don't want you to say that it was great, but I can acknowledge that it was good. And people say, hey, I just don't want you to say that it was bad, but I can acknowledge that I had faults. <laughs> it's like these two small ex- uh, Basically, baselines. Basically, the movie came out, the movie before it came out had these wide ranges of nerd opinion that were just massively like, it will be the worst movie of all time. Yes. It will literally kill people. And this movie is going to save the had world. Only... And when it actually came out, it was... An okay movie. It was yeah. pretty good. It, it, was it wasn't baseline. life-changing, but it yeah. was good. And it, no, nobody knows how to react to that, so they're like a lot of muttering of like, no, it was, it was okay. What I, I like to call the uh, the Reddit uh, shuffle, where everyone <laughs> leaves the conversation and doesn't admit that they were wrong. It doesn't ever admit they were in the conversation. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of, if only that sort of... Um, talk had come about for Suicide uh, Squad, which sounds god-awful. I don't know. I'm going to wait till we run our review later today if you're listening to this podcast. Um, but, uh, Thank you, by the way, because my, oh, I I'm not just going to go found see it. a friend. Jim is going to go see oh, it. Th- no, I know, but I mean, thank you for running something today, because the article I wrote yesterday isn't ready, because I only now found a black friend who was willing to read through my article to make sure I wasn't doing anything asshole. <laughs> I feel so isolated. I have a lot of black friends, but not any That's to give some... That's exactly what racists say. I, actually, I think that, yeah. I actually did that. Um, I was uh, putting forth my voice for a, uh, for a project, mm-hmm. 
And one of the voices I have historically done very well was Worf. Oh, okay. I'm Commander Worf. I've got my yeah. voice. Do, do your Worf impression. Um, uh, I am not a married man. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's, That's really good. good. <laughs> That's well done. Um, a human so- female would be damaged. <laughs> so I was put. So I was working up the demo. Have you heard about hug dungeons? No. Oh, so someone has extrapolated that if normal um, Klingon sex is essentially BDSM, then war, uh, um, Klingon BDSM must be super touchy-feely, huggy, oh my God. very emotionally intimate. That's very vulnerable, actually. Yeah. I, people I people really dressed see. in fluffy robes, talking about their feelings, and other right. Klingons are like, I can't believe they would do that. A lot of like cross-legged sitting, touching each yeah. other's knees while staring into each other's eyes. Yeah, it's just, just like, like that. that. It's not By a visual the way, medium, so you can't see Devin the LARP? gently <laughs> stroking uh, Jairus's shoulder. I won't tell you what they were there. It was choking. a shoulder. I mean, not, not that medium, I can't. So really, he could have been stroking anything. I'm not saying that I can't generate human life with my shoulder. I'm just saying it's not a very private part of so my So anyway, body. you were submitting your voice as Mr. Worf. Yes. Well, no, I was planning on it, but I actually asked uh, asked a guy in the in the uh, in the gaming community, "Hey, is this going to be appropriative? Is this uncool?" And he was like, "You know, it's it's probably just better to leave it out because you know." Anybody, it's possible for anybody to come across that and not know the intention with yeah. which it was made. Yeah, so true. if you can leave it out, do it. It's interesting, as I, I was surprised, so I best beat Uncharted 4. Great fucking game. Really great fucking Sweet. game. Um, are either of you ever planning on playing it? No. I played the first one, and it was interesting, but I but I was far more into Thug Simulators back then. Okay, you should play all so, the other games, they're amazing. Um, but well, now the, I'm in Fallout 4 Hell, so... Oh, yeah, you'll never escape. Uh, this Perfect game... Perfect Crime Simulator, uh, the one where you get to pretend to be... What, what's the one where you're just a super villain? Uh, you love this game. Row, Alley... Saints Row? Yes. Saints Row. Oh. Saints Row. No, no, no. Saints Row, you're not a supervillain. You are a the most anti of anti-heroes. Because you're still <laughs> right. fighting to save people. It's just that you also train by driving around in a car in a convertible with a tiger in the passenger seat. <laughs> it still sounds like a supervillain. I'm sorry, Andrew. Uh, no, that's you. okay. Um, <laughs> the hell was I talking about? Uh, we, you were talking about the uh, Uncharted. Oh, yeah. So Uncharted 4, um, really great game. Uh, the the it, the whole game was a pirate-themed thing, and so I was really annoyed that I couldn't pick up a cutlass for the entire game. And then at the very last minute, there was a sword fight, and I was so excited. <laughs> but anyway, oh, um, awesome. one of the main antagonists is a uh, black woman who is played by a white woman through <gasps> motion capture. Oh, no. And there was what? literally no outcry about it. I what? Was That's surprised. literally blackface. It, kind of, yeah. I just digitally painted that. Whoa. Yeah, it was strange. I've never seen, like, because I remember, like, somebody mentioning it when the game first came out, and then I never heard anything afterwards, so I was like, I don't know. Are people not mad about this because the game is so good? <laughs> like, what happened? Sometimes it doesn't get mentioned. Like, the Deus Ex thing was, like, you could blink and miss it. Um, a uh, They put out additional um, photos showing modern cities having Deus Ex futuristic details added, and one of, because the fight is... A oppressed minority of augmented humans now being treated as less than human because of uh, the event in the last game. 
Right. Uh, one of the signs on the protester said, Odd Lives Matters. Game, was the event in the last game someone sneaking around forever because that's all you can do? And then ending with a cataclysmic... Yeah, no, you get it. Yeah. No, there was violence, damn it. <laughs> um, so, Odd After Lives hiding Matter. hiding lots and lots of boxes and using many, many chokeholds. Is this like Fate where you're just stacking up uh, aspects? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then in the very last fight, you're like, well, I was sneaky 17 times over there, so plus 18. <laughs> I tried to explain, so a friend of mine, this is really off topic. That's fine, we're not, to say, we're not really on topic. <laughs> fate isn't good because you could spend the entire game pulling in a bunch of bullshit actions, and then in the end, you could hit that bad guy for plus whatever, and I'm like, tell me how that's different from every action movie you have ever seen. (laughs) That is literally what every action movie is, and if those actions are investigative, every noir movie. Yeah. And also... uh some of the kind of the Bushido style movies where you've got yeah. a lot of long yeah. slow pans it's like and then flashbacks to like when you were with your trainer and your trainer taught you to do a thing yeah. how is that's or that Have final you... fight where you win after taking shit tons of damage because you're cashing all of your hard to kill aspects yeah exactly or <laughs> the Harry Dresden style yeah like, oh. I'm gonna let them kick the shit out of me now so I can wallop them hard later <laughs> um uh Oh, have you guys heard of this new indie game out called Reflections? No. It is a tabletop game for two people without a GM. And you play two samurai in a duel to the death, and the gameplay are all flashbacks of how you got to that moment. Oh, that sounds amazing! It is great, and all the things you build through those flashbacks, which include focus and enmity... Which you have to try and balance out so that your emotions don't overtake your swordsmanship. Or, like, they all get, I think that's why, and they all get, like, you get different points throughout your scenes, and then you make one roll in the end, and the person who succeeds lived, and the person who didn't dies. Yeah. It's amazing. That sounds super cool. I I got to listen to a Let's Play of him the entire time. I was like, this is everything I, I love about, um, uh, um, Legend of the Five Rings, scrapping away all the political stuff I don't I like. I don't love about Legend <laughs> yeah. of the Five Rings. Yeah. Uh, the drama. So anyway, uh, Og Lives Matter. Um, the, pr- the publishers, Ido Square Enix says, now hold on, we were planning this game right before the time Black Lives Matter became a thing. We promised this was an idea we came up with independently. And I believe that, but I saw their gameplay video, and there's another poster in there that says, All Human Lives Matter. At which point I'm like, no, you need to talk to your writers, because you don't know what was going on. And it's okay to say, we tried to connect with this outside group, and we failed. uh, The thing I wrote is basically like, let's point out how this didn't work, and not say, don't ever do it again, because science fiction should draw on... um, uh, actual instances of oppression yeah. and talking about those things. But and maybe don't draw so directly yes, on them. Yes, you don't want to outright copy-paste. Yeah. That could be bad. It works for Terry Pratchett sometimes. Yeah. A lot, of, every time. Yeah, but Terry Pratchett's generally bringing a large amount of art to yes. his things, yeah. and so yeah. there's a little bit of intentionality there. That's true, and it game designers don't have that same sort of I'm an author, I have one mm-hmm. singular vision, my readers know what yeah, well, uh, they're games getting, are made by a team, like, not a player. Yeah, and often that team can break up as properties are traded between yep. different companies. Or as different people are assigned yeah. to work on different things. For example, yeah. somebody says, I don't know, just go up, look up uh, 
pictures of dystopian style riots and make them into right. ASX exactly. Somebody's like, oh, well, I'll just Photoshop that so it says Aug Lives Matter. Great, I, we're done here. Everyone's going to think I'm super clever. Let's what have an is early this dinner. backlash? Yes. What is going... So what's this game about, really? Um, one of the... I didn't want to make this a, hey, I, I have already bought this game, so let me defend it. But one of the things I do try and say is... I, we should try it because these games have always been about class warfare and standing up to more powerful forces. No, those games have always been about stealth. Fuck you, you're wrong. They're just, just you're wrong. Stealthing down the long corridor. Aspects. <laughs> uh, if there is something we can agree on, Aspects would make a very awesome video game idea. I don't know if it would. You no. just type, well, okay. Yeah. So. I actually had an experience that was the Let me opposite. Punch my Jerry's card. Yeah. I actually had an experience that was the opposite of the uh, of the Drake's. Drake oh yeah. Thing. I was. I've been recently playing the uh, the King's Quest games. Uh, Ooh, I love those on. games so much. I and uh, I'm in the first one. Okay. Which and is an exercise in map making and nothing more. <laughs> I finally did actually uh, pull up my old '80s like uh, 280. You know, playing on a 286. Uh, oh. Ge genetics and started making an actual map yep. because I just you got need frustrated. It. You have to have it. And so, the, if you remember, whirlwind. there is a uh, there is a couple in the game in the central village of Daventry who are the the wise the wise man and the wise woman who make potions and everything like that. Her voice is very clearly somebody who is uh, African American, but. She and and the gentleman are this kind of amorphous blob of pixels. Well, no, just, <laughs> no, just an un, just an undifferentiated kind of, uh, you know, light kind of uh, weathered color. Yeah, and it's almost mm. like they've gone the opposite. They they've hired a number of they've hired a variety of voice talent for the game, mm. but much of the actual faces are vaguely European. And back then... Sorry, when you say the first one, are you saying the new King's Quest? Yeah, the new chapters? King's Quest. Oh, okay. The I chapters. thought you were playing... I'm That's so why sorry. I made my amorphous, amorphous blob of pixels joke. Oh, <laughs> and then I realized you said, the really said voice the acting, and I was like, wait, mm -hmm. the first, first King's Quest didn't have voice acting. I am so sorry. The, you should be sorry. I am. How dare you? Hold up, guys, guys. Gone. We can handle this very, very, very calmly. Let me go get a copy of Reflections. And you <laughs> just battle it out. I want to hear lots of backstory. <laughs> It all started when... <laughs> you killed my brother. You. It all started in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> in a Dresden Files LARP. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the rest of LARP. Oh, I'm just talking oh, about okay. our, yeah. our oh, entity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> our characters are apparently were opposed. And then you killed yes. me. And then I killed uh, Well, and then you tried then to you kill me. Out. Oh, and the then GM I... saved me three times before I was finally like, no, seriously, he's got a Tommy gun. I'm dead. Let me die. <laughs> I, so, on, were you part of the conversation where uh, at the last Big Bad Con where people would become collected as people say, what was the worst LARP you've ever been in? And it was always that LARP. Really? Yes. I, it, there was just this small... I've already talked about this on the podcast. We've trashed that LARP so much on this podcast, I feel bad about it, but it's one of my favorite terrible LARPs. Uh, well, it's... it's, they, it's. I hope they don't know us. I doubt they listen to this. It, it sucks to be a part of a situation in which um, fairness is very much a part of what makes it fun, and fairness was never operative, and you got to benefit uh -huh. from that unfairness, and you could yep. see it not being fun for the Totally. I, I was the GM's pet character, and she literally followed me around and gave me things so that I would survive and be happy. And, and like, 
that was fun for me, but it wasn't fun for anybody else. I don't know if I was a GM pet character either. I know I was. I had a lot of pressure you on me. You absolutely were. <laughs> but I, they were talking about it afterwards. What? Uh, the GMs fangasmed over all the characters, and they had a lot of love for your character. Oh. Well, the thing... I know that people didn't have a good time as players in the game. The thing that got me was simply the fact that a bunch of people had been invited back to play it a second time. And they had made these token plot changes, like, who had the Denarian? That's new! But the whole plot of the game was essentially exactly the, same. the same. And they'd run it three or four times. Oh. And then, so, I was face-to-face with someone who I like, but I was really annoyed because this person said, hey, last time this game played, somebody did this thing. Can I do the same thing again? Oh, you never want to hear that. Although, the funniest thing about this, and every time we've brought this up on the show, so the listeners have heard this before, Mei Ling has brought this up. Apparently, Mei Ling, after, and run three or four of that, running that game, was the first time that her werewolf character had ever turned into a werewolf. No one else who had ever played that character and had she ever turned into a wolf. Violently. She no, used she just it under a table. Incredible investigation, which apparently no one had ever thought of. I just hide under a table with a dog and listen to all the conversations. But that's what I like about Big Bad Kong, because we can have experiences like that, which in a normal uh, convention would be like, oh, that was the year of blank. Big Bad Kong has had literally some of the best role playing oh, yeah. experiences I've ever had. Remember the Fires of Mercy game we played in? I, that, that was so emotional. It was transformative. <laughs> I s- oh my John God. Kim, he he got me good in that one. Oh, oh yeah. I haven't played in a John Kim game since his. Um, uh, I felt well. Actually, no, I didn't feel bad about this because I asked him and he said it was okay. But he, um, we were playing a uh, um, pulp action game that he gave us, and I was playing the son of Fu Manchu, and I got my character that sheet. Was such a fun game, not on purpose. Yeah. Like not that he did a bad job. No, but no. Just, so the, my character sheet, <laughs> as I read it, said basically like you. Um, live to serve your father. Your only character motivation is serve your father. Serve your father. And I went up to him and I was like, so I'm playing the son of a supervillain. Can I change this so I want to kill my father? And he was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And that yeah. made the game <laughs> so much better. Because the guy, so I was in that same group. I was supposed to be the brains behind the throne. The other guy in our faction, his father was a notorious um... It was Fu Manchu. The role player didn't like to share plot, didn't like to bring other people into plot, and didn't like to do anything with the plot he had. So we decided to just take over the thing around him and do everything around him, and we find out halfway through the game that he had created this entire plot that he was about to present to us when we kill him, take over the plot, and do everything without him. And afterwards, I came in and was like, I'm sorry, I hope we didn't make that unfunny. He's like... I no, I just didn't expect that to happen. I thought we were on the same side. <laughs> it's like why? Well, <laughs> my my character was out to betray anybody. Yeah, which which LARP was this? Uh, it, was a, it was a John Kim run LARP at a Dundercon. You, you played pulp action bad guys. Yeah, was yeah. I in that as like the the king of maybe Matt maybe. Leslie played the Dragon Lady? If that helps at all. What. What, were there apes in the game? Yes. Yes. I think you I... Did. Yes, yeah. you were one of the eight men. That's right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, so... Okay, so that means uh, Eric was playing Fu Manchu. Eric... Rauscher? I don't know. Maybe. Because that could be the guy's name. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, the older uh, guy? Yeah. Yes. And I ripped his head off. That's right. That, that we, was the final part because, of the betrayal. Right, we set him up for you to kill him. We needed to uh, goad... We need him to goad you. 
So we got him to believe that goading you into violence against him would um, would be a surefire way to get everything we wanted. Don't worry, we have your back, and we'd already talked to you, and it would be a ploy. <laughs> and then, and then he goes over and just annoys him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I had, unfortunately, I had the ability to know what somebody's, like, power was. Yeah. And so I figured out his weakness. He... Having he, his head ripped off. That's always a good weakness. He, he was of two minds about that, actually. Yeah. I, had, oh, yeah. I had heard late that that uh, that uh, he wasn't quite as happy about that oh, no. outcome. Oh, that's too bad. It's too bad. Well, now I feel like a dick sitting here talking about something. Well, Maybe we should talk about the thing we're supposed to be here to talk about. Which is, in fact, the Demogorgon. <laughs> no! No! Oh, we're fucked! No, no. Fireball! Yeah. Um, so, Stranger Things is a show that came out on Netflix two weeks ago? A week ago? Everyone finished it in, like, two days. So. Yeah, like, um, real fast. It is a tribute to all the 80s movies that we loved when we were a kid with a modern spin, and it is fantastic. Um, what would that modern spin be? Like, what... How would we describe the way in which this has grown up? Is it how much it brings together? Because I also saw, while it didn't treat all female characters the best, it treated a lot of female characters the best. It, it did treat some people characters better than definitely they would have been treated in the 80s. Um, it also, uh, I think, it's grown up in that it's um, modern storytelling techniques of you know telling True. one story in 10 hours as opposed mm -hmm. to trying to do it in two or trying to do a serialized uh, not serialized and a lot of the format. cinematography was like would mention the 80s but was also also very developed yeah and then so oh really uh, one of the recovery? ways I yeah. think that it might have differentiated from analogous movies from the 80s uh, is would have been the, the horror element yeah uh, and a lot well, of that has did you find it more scary in that way Differently, I think. That yes. That's differently scary. I um, definitely agree. I think that. it definitely benefited from uh, modern effects and, and modern imagination. I think in some ways we have we have gone over so many things that can be scary that uh, we've really had to use our imaginations. I'd say the horror movie Hush is a good example of this, where it's such an obvious idea. Uh, what if the main victim in a horror movie was death? And the audience could hear what was going on around her, but she could not. Um, seems simple. Very new. Very good move. Yeah. Um, what about the D&D &D aspects? What do you think of that? Because we've been talking about that a lot. <clears throat> uh, in what way? Like... Well, how do you... Um, how do you feel D&D &D was used within the narrative? I think it was... Go ahead. Go ahead. If you had a thought. No, I, I, I just need a clarification. Um, I felt that it was used well enough, certainly. Uh, I, don't, I, I didn't see anything problematic in the depiction. Uh, I think it was a good way uh, to, to build kind of a, a common mythology for these children to rally around. And basically what the game gave them is it gave them a vocabulary to not normalize, but to identify and codify things yeah. that were very hard, things that were very, very dangerous and difficult, and because they could put a name on it, a name that they had faced in this simulated situation, 
that made it almost less scary for them. Or yeah. if not less scary, it more... at least gave it a face. Yeah, it, it allowed almost... them to be genre savvy. It allowed them to yeah, look at this and, and more say, digestible in yeah, instead of saying, oh my god, what's going on? They could say, oh, well, this is just like that one time we were lost yeah. in the woods and we split the party and everybody died. And I thought it was a little pat that they there happened to be a supplement called Down Under. Or the or or the yeah. underneath or something. Or oh whatever yeah, call it. something like that. The, but I think that was an original D and D. The upside down. The, uh, was it really? The uh, yeah, because it's like it was the, the original. Uh, I'm so sorry then. That's, that's I think so. I don't know for sure. So, Grimdark, so, not Grimdark. No, that's Dark. the genre. Underdark. Under no, it's not. The, no, the Underdark though is not yet in no, a parallel they're, universe. They're, the Shadowfell. That's what it is. Shadowfell. It's what the Shadowfell became. Um, the so there's actually a supplement with that name that mm-hmm. they okay so they yeah. put something out. That had actually been published by people in real life. Yeah, that, and that's that my part ignorance. was true. That was my um, One of the things I noticed is that the storytelling style within the show seemed to draw very heavily on D and D tropes and a D and D act structure of a quest or a supplement. Hmm. There was a lot of um, initial investigation, side characters coming in, explaining themselves, groups of people codifying into parties. And uh, fulfilling various um, missions or fulfilling various wants with the most um, dramatic of which coming at the very end. Um, it, there was also a lot of... Um, what's that thing D&D is uh, really good at? Um, a lot of uh, exposition based on character relationships... Where, you know, when the NPC tries to tell you, oh, this is, and gives you all that information dump, but it's hidden in a, uh, in a conversation or trying to talk about why that character feels a certain way. They're really good at getting the things that you needed to know based off of real, uh, not real, characters' experiences and how they felt as people. That's actually, a, a, and that's an important skill to have because a lot of movies and shows do it wrong. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. Uh, we were talking earlier about um, about John Carter of Mars, yeah, and that's one of the things, if I recall correctly, that was actually put in later when they when it wasn't testing well with audiences was they put in that very explicit opening uh, opening monologue about mm. the setting, yeah, yeah. explain the setting to people, and and yeah, no, it's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, John even, Carter was an interesting uh, example because the guy um, I can't remember his name right now, the guy who directed that movie, who is a, a, a Pixar animator before he made that live action film um, had he really had in his head the idea that John Carter was this character that everybody knew about and everyone would be yeah, like Tom screen. Sawyer um, and no nobody knows who the fuck John Carter is uh, I love him now because of that movie but before that I had no clue who the fuck John Carter I was I vaguely had an, uh, had an exposure simply yeah. because of just the sheer volume of, of you know of geek culture yeah, yeah I think yeah. I like flipped through it, maybe read the book once when I was a kid and, and forgot it because I didn't find it that interesting. Yeah. Then again, I had a really hard time, even as a kid, identifying with people whose stories start. I was a Confederate. General. Yeah. Like that's a hard sell for young Jarris. <laughs> it's a hard sell for me too. But um, yeah, I think um, one of the things that uh, Stranger Things did really well too that I always love in um, character-based TV shows. So there's this. Um, this storytelling thing and it comes out of the need to create conflict and it's very useful for that but um, most TV shows will spend 90% of their story arc on 
no one believing this character uh, that what they're yeah, seeing is the real. The struggle has like, to be it's, social. It's, for it's, some it's absolutely it's like, like everyone thinks they're yeah. crazy. Yes. Yes. And this oh this series did spend a lot of it on it. Every single character had somebody who believed them very early on, um, yeah. especially. <laughs> When fucking Hopper decided that, like, oh, this is something to do with this government agency. I'm going to kick in this door and start pistol whipping oh people until I, I have answers. And I was just like, I love all. you. That right? was cr- that was crazy, by the way. Yeah, yeah I would never it see that. Like a genre twist. Yeah, where he's like, oh, I'm in a conspiracy film now. Well, fuck you. I'm noir. Yeah, and he just <laughs> went right through that. You, you came to the wrong genre, motherfucker. <laughs> but, and he wasn't even that cool of a character. I didn't like him at all in the beginning, and his actions cut such an incredible characterization throughout that show. Hopper started I, with my, I'm like, my, started the show as my, like, oh, I'm probably gonna hate this guy, and ended as, this is one of my favorite characters. That's, that's how show. I felt about the teenage girl. Um, oh, yeah. What's her, at first I was like, oh, I don't like these decisions, why, she's playing in, why can't you see, oh my god. And she turns into this amazing, like, <laughs> Like samurai. She went character. through what we call the Sansa Stark story arc in the course of ten episodes <laughs> instead of five books. Oh my god, she became so badass. And in the end, um, spoilers by the way, she oh, yeah, gets she the guy that me that shows her story is not an adjunct of the brother's story. It's just her story. And I thought that was very interesting that they didn't end up putting the brother and her together. And I kind of liked it yeah. because. It doesn't matter whether or not asshole's good for her or not. He changed. She gets to decide that. The fact that um, she and the brother, you know, went through this experience doesn't mean they have to like each other. And one of the things I really liked is in the scene where they've just gone through that traumatic search experience and she asked him to come up on the bed. It was obvious he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And he was not comfortable doing this. And yeah. it was very This wasn't realistic. his... This wasn't some endgame moment right, for him. Right. And even then, he didn't feel like it was an accomplishment. It seemed very uncomfortable, and it just seemed very realistic for a teenage boy yeah. who isn't your normal 80s jock, or yeah. however you'd show the, it. The, I had a lot of trouble with the other, with the actual boyfriend, whose name I can't remember right well, now. Well, he was a huge dick. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. A, but lot they, of, oh, sorry. a lot of the show, um, <laughs> because I have a lot of, triggering issues with bullying. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this to either of you before this on the podcast, but uh, (laughs) at one point uh, during the show, uh, there is a scene where the bullies are, have basically crossed a line and are now making fun of who they think is a dead child. Yes, that, oh my god. And, um, uh, Eleven... Oh, the young kid. Oh, the young kid. Yeah, young bullies. Sorry, I'm jumping back and forth on bullies here, but, um, Eleven, uh, freezes them with her mind and then makes one of them pee herself. Um, when she froze them with her mind... I sat up from the couch and said in this exact tone of voice, someone involuntarily, now break them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I was very excited to see bullies get their comeuppance. The show did bullying very well. And so when they, they, at the end, asked me to accept that, oh, this guy who has been a bully the whole show has changed and is a different person, I was like, can the monster eat him? (laughs) They were laying pipe for his... His having a third dimension the whole way. I know they, they were. He, uh, they were also just... laying pipe for his leg being taken off by that fucking trap, and I, I was so scared. That was gonna <laughs> oh my happen. god! Yeah, they. Oh, that he was also time. laying pipe during that movie. I'm so sorry. No, I'm god, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry. I'm a, ever since I read, I read that book about uh, beats by uh, um, Trey, Doctor Dre. No. God damn it! <laughs> oh my god! I'm forgetting his name. Role playing beats. Yeah, role playing. Yeah, the, the dramatic beats. I'm the worst. Hicks? N- no. 
No, the guy who's behind uh, Gumshoe. Gumshoe? Um, Trail of Cthulhu. I know who that person is, and I, I don't think of their name. Mike Parker would know. No. Yeah. But anyway, so the I... The point I, is... He, he had been I've yeah he had it. been such a jackass that I had trouble no. buying his redemption arc. I he see. was saying they ever since that you've read this book, sorry. I had been I laying pipe uh, setting up pipe for later plot things yeah it has yeah. entered my vocabulary and it is always good for a laugh. <laughs> Actually, it, it uh, is way funnier than Chekhov's gun. It is yeah. Chekhov's pipe. Man, Chekhov's gun kept getting brought in and shot and listened to that TV show. I, okay, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you that monster. Oh my awesome. God. And what I, was... I love most about it is is mostly unexplained. Like yeah. the alien in the first alien movie, we don't know enough, and I love yes. that. That was actually why I was kinda of disappointed in them that they showed full body shots of the monster at all. Because and then one of the things that they talked about in interviews learning from watching Alien is that they you know, it's most more powerful to not alien. show but not very yeah. many. Um, it's true. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, yes. By the way, I need to redeem my geekness. So I apologize. Uh, that was Hamlet's hit points by Robin Laws. Robin oh, Laws. Oh, I'm okay. so wrote sorry. Yes. Also, yes, a failure of right. mine. Geeky wise, I actually do find that. That wasn't a failure. I was just adding to your thing. No, I was accusing. Jack Hughes. Where? That was actually something. But <laughs> the monster I was going to comment on. I, I don't know that they waited super long to show it, but yeah. I like that they waited as long as they did. Yeah. And that is an element that I think gets forgotten too much in the mm-hmm. in the in thriller modern, yeah. in the modern thriller so element of horror. It is felt like there was no jump scares in this show. There were like maybe two, a modest amount. Yeah, yeah. like there just was. I not think when a Barb gets taken, scares. that was a jump scare. Which, by the way, we should talk about Barb really quick. Yeah, um, we okay, should. So I think what happened with that character is that they were. They needed the monster to kill somebody. Right. So they created a character specifically for the monster to kill and also to motivate the sister to go be on this quest as well. Because like, she she became her. really motivated. Yeah. Which, and it also made was, sense that she's motivated also by guilt. Because yeah. Barb was looking out for her. She turned Barb down. And because she killed, turned Barb down, Barb died. Yeah. But like, the problem was, I think they waited... Because they waited until the last episode to definitively reveal to the characters, as we knew, but to yeah. reveal to the characters that, oh, Barb's dead, um, that's, I think, why so many people felt like the character was treated as kind of a throwaway, like, refrigerated character, rather than... I could uh, kind of see that. I can't yeah. argue against it. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely not very filled out. It's unfortunate. I think it was... It may have been a point of... Um, opposites where they're like well they wouldn't do this in the 80s because in the 80s you don't get killed by being the girl who says uh, this guy is being all up on you and not respecting you we should go home yeah. you get killed by having sex yeah. and they really switch that very hardcore in that movie yeah. sex, sex. <laughs> I'm still remembering Jason that hates hates Roman there's a, there's Jason a, have hates you ever seen Roman. the movie Jason X which is Friday the 13th in space I've seen scenes from it. Okay, no, there's no, one no, bit no. where um, they have ridiculous. to lure Jason off, and so they create two holographic teenage co-eds. Yes! Literally yeah. say, let's smoke some marijuana and then go in the woods and have premarital sex. And then <laughs> it cuts to something else, and it cuts back to Jason has one of them in a sleeping bag and is beating the other to death with the first one. <laughs> That's just so... Oh, my God. Oh, um, okay. I think that might actually have been a scene I saw. <laughs> <laughs> That's Probably incredible. the best scene in that piece of crap movie. But uh, speaking of things that aren't piece of crap, though, that music track. Oh my uh, god! The music oh. in that show, even the synth 
uh, opening. Especially the it's synth opening. It's like a video game that calls you from a dark arcade. So I, and the coloring on the uh, on the title. Yes, oh, yeah, it reminded me of the title of Splinter in the Mind's Eye was made in the exact same font yeah. with the exact same outline. It I, was so. I find myself it's, because I mean because of the soundtracks of the movies that we grew up with. I find myself just feel filled with such nostalgia whenever a synth fires up, which is why like I've well, I've discovered learned listening to synthwave music just makes me so calm and happy. I'm just like, oh, well, in that I feel like, like the something movie, awesome is about the to music was creepy but also very relaxing. There was yeah. something it really draws you in. Uh, it was oh, yeah. the um, uh, the question that's been going around about the show by a lot of my friends who are wondering if they should watch it is whether the show Kill is Mary scary. Uh, no, but oh. whether the show is scary. Um, which I'm oh, like, yeah. I, I, I almost don't know how to answer it because it's not scary in the modern sense of One like... One person online ho- said it was, it's scary in the way Poltergeist is scary when you walk in on your parents watching it when you're eight. Yeah. Um, like the scene, the first time you really see the monster's presence when the lights are blinking and it sort of starts pushing out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Mailing and I watched that scene right before bed one night and that, we didn't sleep very well. Yeah. But I still wouldn't define the series as like horror, especially because in modern it's day... It's very adventurous. Yeah, well, in the modern day, horror has come to mean something a lot bloodier and more final than I think maybe it used to be. And what they have here that is gore, like, that is shocking, is very, um, very limited. Yeah. They don't show it very often. And I felt like there's stuff in the end that was very much a alien reference that I felt uh, was fantastic in the body horror aspects like yeah. truly fantastic there was a moment where i was like oh because that's one of my favorite types of horror and so when i saw it i was like that mm, they do everything they show us everything. <laughs> which was the element of body horror uh, the long slug they had to pull out of his throat <laughs> where afterwards he finds he's vomiting up baby slugs which might actually just be Little of those monsters that are yeah that he's now he's now just bringing into the world and regurgitating and there are so many of them. However, they might be super like squishy when they're young, so they might not survive rats. It's interesting to see what sort of things they set up in season two. Like there is a giant mystery that I'm so excited to see the resolution to on just what the hell did you agree to, Hopper? Like, yes. what deal did you make? What, like, what on earth is that? Yeah. It was so... Mm. And it was a really good counterpoint to how he cut through that conspiracy uh, uh, place like a knife through butter. Hopper, uh, like... I didn't think that was allowed to happen. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> well, no, a, 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 uh, a trope of these things is usually the government has... All of every everything covered, and yeah, that you really they, have to be and aces in every field. Yeah, aces, yeah, and this and this, you kind of got the impression that they either weren't there yet because they're yeah. not now. Yeah, or um, or that no, this is actually how it would work. And if you're confident and blustery enough, and you're willing to put the butt of your gun in enough noses, that you will eventually get to what you want. Yeah, it, it was very realistic in this sense of we're not going to portray um, these government agents as like inhuman monsters, and they're also not perfect in what they do. Yeah, but they can be monsterish. I really like the depiction of the dead. It, it reminded oh, me a lot dead. of um, the, the government agents. Reminded me a lot of the government agency from ET, and that it was yes. a very human government agency rather than a shadowy, no moral, no organization. You saw people acting out of fear, not out of an unknowable. Malignancy, yeah, or no malevolence, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, as I said, I also really like the Doctor character. And it's kind of me. Like, I've got a button in me that anytime you say, this person does exper- medical experiments on kids, I'm like, it's like a fucking Nazi. Do whatever you need to. Yeah, like, kill him. You kill can him kill him. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, and they play that so well by trying to... He really tries to humanize himself, but the show doesn't humanize him. Yeah. He really tries to reach out to people, and he's very bad at it. <laughs> I didn't know that you could be afraid of Matthew Modine, but... Oh. <laughs> Well, he, I don't, he, I've never seen him or anything he was before. Funny. What has he done before that? Uh, he he is not. Um, oh my goodness! I'm 43 and I'm getting really bad with names. <sighs> um, he is not the postman. Okay. He is not. Um, uh, the, he is not the actor who plays Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He, Kevin Costner. Yeah, he is not Kevin Costner, and he's been in many movies where he is not Kevin Costner. I oh, see. Oh, I <laughs> see. Oh, okay. I see. Yes. Um, <laughs> But, in the way that Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner is in a lot of movies just to be Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> but if Kevin Costner got really, really sick, mm. he could, he could uh, maybe, he couldn't physically represent him, but he could probably spiritually represent yes. Speaking of um, actors who were, well, she wasn't really brought back from the grave. She's been in Star Trek recently, but um, uh, well, Rhoda Ryder was freaking great in this. Yeah, she was, a, she and was actually, probably I, my favorite character. What I was most, the, the well, character who is reduced to a weepy mess because of the loss of, loss of their child and barely holding on to their sanity mm-hmm. could be a really annoying character in the wrong well, And hands. often is used to express a, yes, this is sad, but they're not important. Look, yeah. hero, you have to, this should motivate you. And she, they made what she went through so personal. And she yeah. really, like went through those stages of grieving and then got caught on the de- denial and never stopped. <laughs> because it was true, but you know. Oh my god. The episode with the body is one oh of my, my favorite episodes. I was cheering when she cut when he cut him open and I, yeah. it was they such set it up a in release. such a way that you were like it can't he's, be. He's, he's got to be actually dead. They've been it fucking with right. this whole time. They how could Will. they do it? And they made it so believable for the technology at the time. I yeah. can, it it's just a hyper detailed plastic press yeah. is all they needed. It was bizarre. It was so good though. Like, oh my god. That yeah. whole lead up because then he, when he finally pulled him out on the slab you were just like that's a real because they probably I'm sure they used yeah. the real actor for that scene up until they started cutting. It's like that's a real boy. You were about to cut open the body of a real boy. Oh, Hopper yeah, like, you have gone too far like, and then he pulls like, out the stuffing and you're like holy fuck. It, like that one moment was a condensed almost everything I love about X Files. <laughs> yeah. Like every time X Files is trying to say, but it's a conspiracy, they did in one moment. And I really respect the writing because they did a lot of consolidated feel moments that were yeah. just perfectly made. Did did am I the only one that got the he was seeking to redeem himself? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, and now I didn't quite pick up on these details and I haven't taken the time to do my research, so did you guys get that did he and Joyce have sex and break up their marriage? Is that what that was? No. I don't know that they ever fully established that. Uh, they, 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 they made it, it seem as like... if they'd had relations before, but it yeah. was never established whether it was when they were both, both right. or either married or there not. There was something but... where the ex-husband was supposed to hate him. Yeah. But, I mean, the ex-husband was a whole reason to get divorced all by himself. That guy was such a great... Because when he came in, I was like, oh, great, he's going to be the deadbeat dad. And then it was like, okay, well, he's being... Oh, you're talking about Joyce's ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. And then then you finally, at the end of the episode, you're like, he's just here for the lawsuit. Yeah. That motherfucker. It was such an... 
like normal thing that abusive people do. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. also a very 80s storyline. Yeah. I am just here to make money in this crazy scheme way. It's very Goonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only, only losses instead of pirate charter. Yeah, exactly. So Hopper, I thought, I thought his marriage broke up because of the grief over their lost yes. daughter. Absolutely. Yes, that's definitely it's true. It's very, very heavily implied that he descended into drink afterwards and was not seen again for several years. Well, drink and flirtations, which I have to say, I don't understand what any of those women saw him. That guy was such a mess. I understood it when he kicked it open the door of a secret I, lab yeah, and started sir, pistol okay, people. If you saw him do that every day, yeah, I as a librarian would certainly <laughs> go oh, out with Speaking of relationships, by the way. Can I say how much I love... So the AV teacher was mostly in the show to be like... Yes. They needed a science a guy who knew all the science but could talk to the but kids. But then they gave him a nerd. girlfriend who, who loved the thing and wanted to talk to him about like, it. And I was like, and who was I love you, like, show. In a healthy relationship and like... Oh my god, that was cool. Yeah, we were, yeah uh, my wife and I were joking. It's like, I am trying to get my swerve on. Snoo-snoo <laughs> <laughs> okay. might be happening tonight, kids. Okay, listen, kids. I will explain to you all of this only on the amount of detail it will take you to build a suspension chamber but i need two things i don't want to know anything else and you need to never call here again <laughs> especially on a friday <laughs> night i i felt that way as a teacher before i've gotten emails from kids where i was like you know what i'm to look at this right now i was so afraid something was going to happen to him i know and i think that's an expectation that you get with movie with more modern movies yeah, of that because type. they kill off a lot of people. Yeah. It's like anybody connected with these children needs to die. And yeah. it's like that's so happened in movies. Didn't do that. and, but they did things like that in a way to hit your emotions, like with the diner worker with L. Oh. Like yeah. he died senselessly and just immediately to, and early. Yes. They yeah. set just, the Mm-hmm. They set the stakes early on. Yeah, yeah. but you already kind of connected with him because you saw he was both an asshole and a lovable person. He was yeah. rounded out. He could be a character. No, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. I really liked oh. him during that. Started liking him a lot during that conversation. Yeah, yeah. He they they played him as a really really good guy right up until they shot him in the head. Yeah. Oh my god. I had a similar kind of dissociative uh, or disjunctive moment uh, watching old westerns because I actually started watching westerns with Tombstone. Oh, yeah. That was my first Western. Oh, and that was I, a huge shift in genre. Too. Yeah, and it was a huge genre shift. Yeah. And after that, I could enjoy Westerns, and then I could retroactively go back and watch, like, the old Jimmy Stewart Westerns. Mm-hmm. But because I had been raised on the, on the 80s and 90s of movies... Which are kind of action movies. Very action-y, right? yeah. very violent, and the bad guys are really bad. I went back and I watched, you know, old Jimmy Stewart Westerns, and I'm like, oh, so he's going to go back, and his <sighs> barn's going to be on fire, right? No. Oh, so he he went back and he killed that woman, right? While Jimmy Stewart was riding there. No, As like I was projecting all these horrible things, and, and I, the main characters are not always good people. Which, well, that's characterization. I'm just yeah. talking about deviousness, yeah, oh, like, dastardliness, all the dastardly things that we're used to being like handled in cutscenes behind the scenes by bad guys yeah. weren't happening in the old movies and in 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 kind of in a similar fashion in Stranger Things the dastardly things that you expect shadow government agencies to be doing in the background 
weren't happening. Yeah, like Although they were just too busy like trying not to get killed by the right. monsters in their basement. Yes, <laughs> and there the was that you got to see when they succeeded and when they failed. It was like um, watching the conspiracy in X Files because they do this every once in a while. In X Files, they'd show you things from the conspiracy. And it's usually a lot of successes and sometimes some hilarious failures. And it was a lot of that. It was a lot of seeing normal people who just happened to be in a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it made it seem more human. It was also interesting because it just to find out that they opened the portal by accident. The, I don't was, think they even did. I think the monster did trying to get at L. I think L tried did it trying to get at the monster, trying to talk, trying to get away from the monster. Oh, wait. Ooh, that's kind that's of the implication. Yeah. yeah. There's also um, some heavy symbolism yes. at the end about a connection between L and the monster because she mm-hmm. holds out her arm and it, it holds out the same arm. And so there's yeah. a lot of fan theories swirling around right now that L actually created the monster or is that somehow connected to her, or that it's an ext- an extrusion of her. Power into a monster the, from the like yeah. a tulpa or something. Um, I wonder. If, Just don't say Rougarou <laughs> or Babadook. Um, I wonder if um, or Demogorgon. Sorry. <laughs> no, that um, one's fair. That he, he appeared in the yeah. show. Now this is a monster that we see sans ecology. It's a apex predator. We saw a lot of plants, no animals. I wonder if that monster is actually. One of the numbers one through ten. Oh, that we, could be interesting because it doesn't look like that other world was like really its own place. It really looked like a shadow of our own, very much like the shadow fell supposed to be. There wasn't a lot. Uh, there were no animals. Well, and there definitely it definitely was meant to be a shadow of our world because you could pass through it and like you know. As you entered through an area, you turned on and off the lights. Um, right, and uh, small changes in our world would be reflected in that world. You'd see things like cars that looked like they'd be they'd been there a hundred years, which we had previously seen in a pr- previous scene had been driven to that spot. Yeah, like it's it was inc- which um, by that the world way, was incredible. If you're watching built. Stranger Things with your wife late at night, uh, it is and it's time because the sun is setting. It's time to turn on the lights when you're watching TV. Flickering the lights is hilarious, and I recommend it. <laughs> I actually watched this show by myself with the lights off, and I'm surprised that I did because I love horror. I'm a huge wuss, but there's something about that show that just made it like the only time I ever had to like go crawl into bed and hug Melissa, who was already sleeping because she worked early, um, was when the monster came out of the wall. Yeah, and because that was fucked up. <laughs> that was crazy. And oh my god, her attacking the wall like that. That it scene too so where perfect. she gets to talk to Will for the first time and she has to be like, I love you, honey, but you need to run. Like yeah. I was oh. crying watching that scene. It, it was, was just so like powerful. it was so so fucking like you normally don't see again, you normally don't see that level of competence in characters. It's one of the things I love about this show. You normally see strong women who also get to be not strong. Right. They're like she yeah. like by in a lesser movie or TV show she would have melted into a puddle of mess and watched Will get eaten. Or but she had was been smart kind enough of and strong a, enough to be like, I hear something yeah. growling, I know it's not safe here, yeah. you need to freaking run. <laughs> and on the other side, if she was supposed to be badass, they would have made her aloof and a little frigid. Yeah. But it, it's their characterization was better. Yeah. Which in that way makes the whole thing with Barb, um, I don't want to say off-putting, but it's a little odd. The thing that makes Barb odd is that she is super interested in her friend's relationship, never talks about her own relationships or what she likes, 
there are no queer characters in this show. Bob Reed's heavily as supposed to have been queer. I was but really they, waiting for something, yeah, some revelation like they that. They never show it, and maybe she died so fast, and then never had a character after. I, her, yeah, I, it was it, that was the weird thing. I mean, yeah, we'll, we should come back to this. It's a it's a weird that whole arc of Barb was so weird because like the. Uh, they never showed her parents worried about her. They never showed any of the town reacting to her. It's like, it like, was just and her mom a... was just really laissez-faire. Yeah, yeah I mean, like and her mom woke up. At the, her mom woke up at the end of the conversation, and like she got the mom tone. It's like, all right, you've been talking enough that I'm actually worried about her now. And, yeah. and she did. Like I noticed the shift because up until then she and that could be just because Barb is a good girl and she's used to. Barb not being a problem, a yeah. problem. Yeah. But by the end of that conversation, I did notice the uptake in her, in her, in her concern level. It's like, yeah. you, can you have, call? can you, ha- yeah. During the phone, it's like, can you have her call me when you see her? Like, I, I very clearly saw like that. Yeah. That was yeah. when she kind of woke up and went, oh, my very safe, plain daughter who's never caused me a problem a day in her life, maybe something may, weird maybe going yeah. on. And it's weird because they had such a triumphant ending that it would have been a total whiplash, I think, to be like, oh, now let's show Barbara's funeral or something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it didn't feel resolved because it was like, Barb's dead, cry about it, now let's go kill a monster. And, which was so unlike what the rest of the show maybe had developed. the real conspiracy is how they kept anyone worrying about Barb. Maybe. But yeah, I was expecting more from Barb, and now that we're talking about her, part of me wonders is if she was coded a certain way, and that we, despite our best intentions, weren't picking up the codes. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe yeah. we were supposed to take her as being very clearly interested in in the you know in the in the in the main character. Yeah, it's possible. It's it's also possible that she's just the the living trope of the geeky best friend from eighties movies, and yeah, you know. she really did like as soon as we watched it last night, and as soon as, or as soon as the character came on, Melissa's like, wait, is that a teacher? And I'm like, yes. let me explain to you, eighties frumpy teenager, frumpy, like, yeah. right? It this is no, she is a caricature, caricature, and you can tell because her her shirt had a frill, yeah, a frill on a high neck. Yeah, no, I, as soon as she showed up, I remembered her. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't go to school with that person, but I went to school with people. And like I saw that. movies with that person. Yeah, yeah. oh, so many All movies with that person. But no, yeah. she, disp- okay, setting aside whether or not she's queer, setting aside whether or yeah, not she was a developed character, she was a smart character in a way yeah. that I think even the nerdy best friend isn't usually expressed. Yeah. She actually had an, uh, she did have a level of emotional sophistication and awareness um, and and uh, kind of um, uh, empathetic sense too. Like she saw right through that douchebag in a way that made me very frustrated that yeah. the sister did not. Again, the Santa Stark arc. <laughs> um, what were you, did I interrupt you? Oh, no? Okay. No, I was trailing off. Oh, good. Then my interruption helped. I was looking for a third thing, and it just wasn't coming. Did, you also <laughs> have that thing where if you're listing two things, your mind automatically goes, I must have a third thing. Yes. It always. You can't have just two things. Yeah, it's like... No, I can't even come up with the first thing. I was going to try and make a list of two and then fail at making three for the sake of humor, and I then blame, I realized I couldn't even come up with the first thing. I blame yes, the five-paragraph essay. But as the third person in this circle, you did fulfill it. 
Ah, mm. Mm. one of the uh, things I also really liked um, is Eleven was extremely well characterized. Yeah. It's okay. Extremely. This is not an insult or a comment on her short hair, but ever, but half the time when she came on screen, I was like, "Wait, where Jason Bourne come? Oh, <laughs> wait, oh no, it's Eleven. <laughs> she's she's as hard as Jason she Bourne. Had that stare. <laughs> oh, it's true. Um, okay, someone posted this amazing thing online that was when your Pokemon evolves and it's her. And then Charlize Theron from Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. I, uh, she also had an incredible magical ability yes. to take uh, shitty store-bought wigs and turn them into beautifully, perfectly manicured human hair wigs when they were on her head, yes. and then turn them back into shitty store-bought wigs when they Which were off her head again. They really did look like the same wig, right? Right. Um, I really, I, I did not like the wig on her. No, 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 it didn't look know, good. And I don't no. know if we were supposed we to. Weren't. Or no, was, we weren't. It was supposed to look very odd because she was dressed by children. <laughs> like the boys. thing, continuity-wise, the end had the sister be like, is that my dress? dress? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, one of the things I really liked about Eleven um, is that she was very realistically depicted as a kid who's gone through trauma. But also, she had a huge touch of the mystery within her and they were not shy about making her a monster. And about showing how she could be interpreted that way. Yeah. And how people could react to her that way. But still allowing her to be connected to as a human. And that gave that arc so much more importance. Because it's not just frivolous rejection that made some of the kids be like, we can't trust her. They were right. Yeah. She did lie. And also, she doesn't have full control of her powers. And she almost hurt one of them really badly. Yeah. Well, it Luke, made so Lucas, much that's sense. That's what saved Lucas from being... The annoying character in the Friends because he was, was you right. could see where he was coming from. Yeah, she um, was built so well. She we was what, very well built. What was the name of the third kid? Not the main, toothless kid. Uh, toothless oh. kid. Yeah. Uh, I just call man. him Sir Adorableton. I just call him Sir. Right about everything. Oh, badass main okay. character. Yeah, that's another show. thing. I pay attention in science class. I know how this works, and you two need to make up. He also was like Barb, extremely emotionally common. He was insanely common, and like he was like, and that was another trope we turned on its head because usually the heavy set kid in the group of friends is it's, the joke character, and like, usually and the most emotionally regressed. He was. Fucking on his shit. Yes. The entire show, like he was the one who was all, the level-headed one to the point where when he would when he would be like, um, "Oh, I need to get some snacks for our journey." It wasn't a fat joke. It was a no. That's something we should have. If we're I, gonna go into the dark right. world. They we should have snacks. Really bad decisions that he. <laughs> I, and but all, he supported them really well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he yes. did. Yeah. Um, the oh, best logistics for the bad decisions. Yeah. Yes. No, he really did. He was such a great character. All of the kids were really great characters, but Eleven was just... The other thing is I got... They did a great job depicting Will without Will being there. Yeah. And, uh, to the point where Will became a character without there being a Will. It was the Will-shaped hole in yes. everybody's lives. Yeah. Yes. It was so well, well done. They also, they also did flashbacks done. with him, though. Right. right. Yeah, he and wasn't... that's a good rounding out. I mean, I'm not saying... He's like the dead husband in Lady Character, Lady Killers, which was literally a character that didn't appear in the film, but was in almost every scene. Yeah. I have a very important Will question. Yes. yes. In the flashback where he and his brother are listening to music, and his brother's telling him, you gotta like what you like, you know, did dad ever, did, do you like going to baseball with dad? Do you like sports at all? No. 
you need to like what you like. Now here's some more music that I think is cool. <laughs> exactly. do, do you think... So my question is, do you think he was just doing the same thing with his older brother, making his older brother happy, or do you think he was actually liking that stuff? I think liking he things? genuinely liked um, The Clash... Because he would play it from the other side. Yes, okay. I but agree I think with that. You're, I think you're right in that his brother being like, um, "You should like what you like." Now here's some music I like. Is a well, hilarious irony that is a very human thing. In the very second scene, the only scene where we get to see him normalize when he's playing a role playing game, Will's instinct is to try and please other people. Yep. And so when that choice is put to him, fireball or protection. It, it was hard because you could see him listening to his friends. Yeah. And he was forced to make a decision. As a child of a broken household, that is a tactic that you learn, especially if there's an abuser, is you need to, is, it, it, unfortunately it fucks up your relationships for the rest of your life because when, you sorry, come across, because when you come across a normal person who, you know, who doesn't have a weird wide, wide variety of, you know, of highs and lows, you're always wondering when it's coming. And so, oh, yeah. like like him, I've been in the position, I've had to come to grips with the fact that a really large part of me, the peacemaker part of me, is looking at what everybody's doing and trying to figure out how to make as many people happy as possible oh. so that I get food and shelter and, friend, and, and company and that I don't, you know, that I, and I don't, you know, vanish into the dark alone. No wonder you run LARPs. That's a wide-open question that we may not have time for on this podcast, but that's a very good point. I was told... I remember the first time I ran a D&D game in college, uh, one of the players said, you are such a better GM than you are a player. And, <laughs> what a horrible thing to say! And Oh my goodness. It was a backhanded compliment, but part of me is... You know, that... You I, I think I When somebody tells that. you you're good at something and you haven't been told you're good at something very much in your life, you get that a moment of... I'm, I'm good at this thing. I'm going to do only this forever. <laughs> we did see a lot of that, though, going back to what you're saying in Will. Will was very well characterized. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I also liked is um, they, speaking of characterization, they never forced us to have to forgive the brother for essentially taking naked pictures of someone. Yeah. They never asked us to forget it. Every, every the girl never forgave him. She she got him a new camera, but it wasn't a now. Like I right. understand why you she they did. they got him a new yeah, camera. They got him they, a new camera because right. the boyfriend it was, was very peaceful. Yeah, and, was yeah. part of that. It's like did he did he like and it? I, did he get and it? I like that because it 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 turned the symbolism away from this is about the relationship between you and me and whatever romance might happen to no that's not a question. This is about what you did to us. We are forgiving you. Don't do it again. Yeah. Although, like, to, if I may advocate for him, he would never have been out there. No, true. If true. it weren't I, for his brother going and missing. I, this I is do not understand like an innate pervy while thing trying to take pictures in the dark and you see that and for a second you think, well, no one's going to know. Like, it was a very teenage decision. Yeah. Like, and he's not necessarily demonized. But it was a very human thing that also, in a very human way, they did not ask us to roll over it just because he's a main character. Yeah. And I really like that, because it... It was, I mean, it was the a characters mistake, and it portrayed perfect. as a mistake, yeah. Yeah. And, they lo- and he, got, he got static from it, and then yeah. bigger yeah. things happened. They also never portrayed 
the um, sister's decision to have sex in high school as a mistake no. or as something that was no. like, like her, made her, it was really inherently her bad. decision to trust that guy and he was the one who had to turn around and admit it and the fact that like hmm, the wait trust which guy uh, me, her me. boyfriend yeah, I right. mean um, the conversation she and her mom had about sex you mean the shout the brief shouting, brief yeah. shouting match yeah was <laughs> that was so realistic bizarre. right it was like because what the hell did you do we had sex I'm not mad about that I'm leaving and the mom was immediately like oh my god what have I done I need to talk right. to her right now and, that, and that's the thing her play, having sex and her mom react to it had zero narrative weight. Yep. The weight was behind their relationship. And that, that it didn't turn the sex into this morality play. Right. Yeah. Um, it was, was really excellent. Cool. Um, and they never made us think that it was wrong for her to have sex with him. She was just letting this bully bully her. Yeah. And it was obvious that that was not going to be happening anymore. Well, she... Okay, the, I felt that they established that she was letting this happen and that she wasn't being bullied into it because she she sassed him. Yeah, she, like, she, she did made sass her, him, she made but her he own tried choice. his best to really Yeah, push he, he was, the thing is he was uh, the way I, I interpreted that relationship is he thought that he was being smooth and yes, and she wasn't buying it. Yeah. But she wanted to have sex with him anyway and that, so she went through was, with it. Yes. Melissa tried telling me that back when she was younger. What he did was assumed to be the normalized, what normal people yeah. who aren't sensitive geeks, that is how you have relationships. The guy just pushes until the girl relents. So we did get to see her kind of, I know where I am in this relationship and I know I can control it. I'm doing what I want. But they also didn't ask us, they didn't ask us to forgive the boyfriend. He went through a major character yeah. change before he was back in her good graces. Not because of anything sexual. Because yeah. of how he dealt with um, the perception of infidelity, yeah, and more than that, the perception of his um, ownership of her, the perception of his uh, uh, what happened really challenged this um, girls hang out with their guy thing that they yeah. made very obvious was a perception that she was challenging, and I really hope, yeah. When, so, so there's many things that I hope for season two when season two runs around, rolls around, and we should get into those very soon. But I really hope when season two rolls around, we find out that the boyfriend is no longer friends with his two friends who were just yeah. the biggest jerks in the they whole movie. They were awful. <laughs> awful people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, very believable yeah. people. All right, so we're running up on the end here of our time together. Uh, um, we have what, put a limit on our time together. We do tend to keep, we, the, well, we can keep we our time together going, but the podcast... we are... Um, really begging our listeners' time, and we like podcast to shouldn't be really compromise. more than an hour. Yeah, um, um, but um, so although we sometimes go to one hour twenty minutes or thirty minutes, what do you excited. hope to see in season two? If there is a season two, it hasn't been announced yet. Okay, I know they're probably not going to do this, but I'm kind of hoping they do a like eight, maybe six. Yes. Seven to ten year time jump, and we get to see an older, super badass, almost elven warrior L. I would love to see that. Older, survivor, fucking sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> see, you're hitting you hit on my main hope for season two, which is that L is alive somewhere. And I think we oh, L is definitely alive. oh that got yeah. established. Yeah, yeah. The she is yeah. definitely alive. Yeah. yeah, she's also definitely not on Earth. <laughs> yeah, but she can get there. 
And that's that's what gives her that mysterious elven-like quality. She's yeah. literally like a changeling. Yeah. I would and also that, like a phoenix. The only reason I would hope they don't time jump the cast is because I think the kids were really, really fucking good and I want to see them get more work. That's true. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They couldn't do that in le- mm, Stupid time, causally turning. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, well that was my thing, as unrealistic as it is. Yeah. How about a realistic one? I don't know about realistic. I mean, I would also like to keep the cast, but I've heard nothing. I've heard no advanced buzz. Yeah. What I'm expecting, which I will not be disappointed if it doesn't happen, what I'm expecting is that it will be some other group somewhere else dealing with something similar, but ultimately, interesting. Uh, ultimately, indir- only indirectly related. Like and maybe American we, Horror Story. Okay. Yeah, I, I have seen most of those. But no, 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 not like phased off of the other world so much as this is stuff, this stuff is happening in other places mm-hmm. and that eventually we will get back some of those characters. Yeah. Like we'll that we'll get, you yeah, know, that we'll get, yeah. get Hopper or I, that we'll get L. I'm hoping that they don't explain too much in season two. Like I think, yeah, that would I, I think we can we can come back and have if, even if we have the same characters, we can have them face a new threat and have things be interesting and different. But we don't have to say, and this is what the upside down is, and this is where it came from, this is where yeah. the monsters come from. I, I think really just, enjoy not it, knowing. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's a certain level to that that should remain a mystery, it, even as the the characters learn to deal with the rules of this new world that they're mm-hmm. dealing with. Well, especially considering how obviously ignorant the scientist characters were. Yeah. They did not know what they were doing. They did not know what they were getting in with. At almost every level, they were taking way bigger risks um, than would be scientifically prudent. Um, so we don't know, and there aren't any characters that seem to know as much as Elle does. Yeah. Which is good. I just realized something. What? Or maybe I'm crazy. Okay, so at the very end... Uh, well, not the very end, but in the, the big climactic fight when the kids are waiting for the monster and um, Hopper and the mom walk through the house and that they have that brief moment where Jonathan can talk to the mom. Oh, yeah. I, Hopper couldn't hear him. I wonder if you have to be familially connected to be able That's to actually physically hear people from the upside down. No, 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 no. No? What do you because, think? No, the, no, because um, the, uh, the sister and, uh, and oh, God, I'm forgetting their names. Uh, the brunette girl and the and and uh, Will's brother, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan could hear her. Right. Jonathan could hear They're his not, mom. No. Jonathan could hear the sister in the other world. Which sister? The one who the, went into the tree. The the. the oh, you're right. Yeah. He could. He yeah. Could. So never mind. So well, I, and nope. also I'm nope. going back and watching it with Melissa. I'm fairly certain that the dog barks in the first uh, episode because Will is there trying to get their attention. Yeah. Um, and they do, they hint at that a lot narratively yeah. by saying, well, Will is here, things like yeah. that. Um, so, um, as we wrap up, there is something fun that you can do. Um, you'll have to Google it. Uh, look well, can for we a touch on one more detail? Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, multiple main TV executives passed on this show. 15 to 20, apparently. 15 but to 20 passed on this But I can totally see that. Show. If you're somebody who's trying to program CBS, not like... FX or Netflix or mm. where does um, TNT? Uh, where does uh, Breaking Bad air? Uh, where's Walking Dead? AMC, like AMC, that yeah, is try telling this kind of storytelling. Even this kind of story, this show, you have to be brilliant for this show to have worked. And they got really lucky in that two they guys who had almost never done a 
a movie before and had only previously worked on an M. Night Shyamalan TV show had... There were a lot of M. Night Shyamalan touches in <laughs> yes, this show, now that I think about um, it. They, they came up with something brilliant, but you have to be somebody like Netflix to be able to take a risk on that. I could see that. And you know, it's I, sad. Stranger Things just... really didn't start getting promoted until about two weeks before it came out, which I think was Netflix finally getting to see the first episode and saying, oh, this is really good, thank God, promote the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, they needed something to fill that time. Speaking of which, when the hell are we getting more Marvel? <laughs> Soon. Good. Soon. Um, so if you want, uh, you can go to, it's, I can't remember what it's actually called, but if you Google message from the uh, Upside Down, yeah. um, the, for the people who run uh, Stranger Things have created a website where you can type in anything you want, and it'll play out letter by letter on the uh, the Christmas lights. Oh on yeah, the, the people wall. have been doing fuck Trump. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, never yeah. gonna give you up. And <laughs> I I had great fun with it because we finished watching the series and I fired it up and got it to say hi Mei Ling and just played it for Mei Ling and she was like, oh my god, it knows my name. What's going on? Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, before we go, let's plug Big Back on. Oh yeah. So, so uh, I heard you folks might be running a game. We might be. We have to submit it by tomorrow, and I still don't know what we're doing, so i got to figure it out. But We had an idea that I let Stu in Mike's brain until he realized that it wasn't going to work out. Because I, I think yeah. it's a great idea, but it's the my, concern my initial idea was that I wanted to write a LARP about um, that takes place after Big Bad Con or a similar con, and the hotel staff locates different LARP character sheets and decides to try and play a LARP themselves. And so everyone will be playing a member of the hotel staff who also has a character sheet from one of the random LARPs that was run in the fictional cons weekend. And then so things meta. start to bleed together right. over the course of the LARP, and of course things start to become real. But Jairus had the rightful point that we're sort of... There's no way I can do it without really looking like I'm talking down about the hotel staff. Because yeah, um, these people serve us. Yeah, right? and, and it's, it's I, not... It's so hard to... You can write the hotel staff in a way that is sympathetic and not reductive. I agree. It's possible. True. Whether you feel you don't have the chops... Well, I think I have the chops, but I, I don't know that I have the chops between now and October. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there are a lot of details we need to be uh, so that handed might be out. A later but I thing. wanted to bring up, like, this is my major issue with that, and we'll have to figure out how to solve that before yeah. I'm, like, cool with helping you write it. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a really good trust relationship with... Uh, Although I don't think there's ever been a game we've got almost to the end with, and one person took the other person to a side and be like, uh, I hope you realize that this is going to majorly fail because we will upset these people, and rightfully no, so. No, we would start that no, at the beginning. No, we never do never that. had that problem. Um, but, so, Big Bad Cons. Yes, which um, we almost always has a, have a game for, and we'll absolutely have one this year. We promise we'll work on it. Yeah, Mike's we'll the something. lead writer we'll this time. Well, we have, we have two variables going on. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we have a large number of LARPs already submitted. They're not on the schedule yet, but we do have a large number. That said, our space availability is much different. Mm. Um, we're able to slush smaller LARPs into hotel rooms, um, and we do have uh, two LARP spaces for one for mm-hmm. like a middle, uh, a mid mid level uh, size LARP, and one for just a regular LARP. Mm. Uh, and if we really absolutely need to do a large LARP, we can probably make it happen. Uh, with some of the, so we've got a bit more flexible space um, with the new hotel. Um, it is uh, in uh, Walnut Creek this year. Yes. Um, yes. At. Unless I got a room. Yeah, I should do that. What's the hotel name? <laughs> I don't. Remember. I think it's the Hilton, right? Uh, yes. Yes, the Hilton. The, the, you had the website. Though, right? I had it. It wasn't coming <laughs> immediately. Um, it's I, I get that problem happens a lot. 
It's in Walnut Creek this year. Uh, we in the Ace of Geeks cannot speak highly enough of this. Uh, it's of a great this convention. Con. We, we really love it. it. Um, we got to do a lot. I, as I previously mentioned, I have broken through a lot of LARP barriers at this con where I've got to do things I've never been able to do before. I'm way um, more comfortable playing tabletop games with Big Bat than I am at other, other yes. you know, conventions. And, you know, people at Big Bad smell generally better when put into <laughs> small spaces than a lot of other conventions. Oh. I don't know what it is, but there's not a lot of discomfort with being squished with people. It, even if there are a lot of people at Big Bad Con, because it, it's not a huge, or last time was a huge space. Alright, I'm a terrible person. It's the Walnut Creek Marriott. Oh! oh. I did not look up my things. That's <laughs> okay. Well, um, when is it? Uh, it is October 14th to 16th. Uh, our convention rate is uh, $129 a night. It's not bad. Uh, available until September 21st, or until the room block fills. Um, so we've got a lot of interesting LARPs and, uh, and folks coming out. Um, Aaron Vanek and Jason uh, Morningstar are working on a thing, uh, which I'm going to be doing a little more research on and publishing a, LARP a, little, thing? a LARP thing. Jason Morningstar is yes. running a LARP? Yes, he is. Um, if it runs uh, um, on the same slot as ours, mm -hmm. we just need... To pull a bunch of players, say that they're running, and then crash that alarm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Janice Hill, uh, one of the uh, original writers of um, At the Mountains of Madness uh, mm -hmm. for Call of Cthulhu, which nice. we were discussing earlier, uh, she's uh, going to be gracious enough to run a LARP for us as well. Nice. And, and that's just the few I'm remembering is, off the top of my head. Is Jay Lee also running this year? Uh, I would need to review. Okay. Uh, she uh, she did the Fires of Earth LARP. It, almost it every, was a wonderful LARP. So good. Okay. So good. Sounds great. So um, we've got it. So we'll be putting out stuff yeah. on our website, bigbadcon.com. Role playing, not just there's like, the world's cutest dealer room. Uh, we've yeah. also got vendor, <laughs> and also for the first year, um, Big Bad Con has has uh, all this time been an eighteen and over convention, which has made some things simpler, but has unfortunately kept you know a certain amount of the gaming population. Away, and so we've actually opened up to teenagers this year. We've actually going oh, to, awesome. we're actually going to have a teenage gaming area, like specifically for them. Um, and there will also be you know teen friendly games throughout as well. And those are going to be all very clear, uh, clearly explained in the uh, in the uh, um, in the schedule and things like that. Excellent. So we're still accepting games uh, for a little while longer. Um, so give a, yes. So uh, give a look. Uh, and, In a uh, book that's reading rainbow <laughs> I can go anywhere Sorry But yeah, for I, I don't think I'll have to write and run a LARP this year I Wow, think we've wow. got enough folks that uh, that will be able to do it And I, and our LARP population is growing a little we'll Which see is how, good uh, we'll see We already have a really good LARP population in Big Bad But yeah. I think we could use some growing um, and wonderful games. I've always loved the games. Uh, we also are really proud of our games on demand system, uh, yes. where we've got a number of GMs who will like put and up about. I think you were one of the first games. LARPs to uh, to do a LARP lending library for small LARPs, which is fantastic. Uh, I don't know that Big Bad Con had that. I think we yeah, started that, 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 was, that was We did it at DunderCon and KublaCon. Uh, that was Danielle uh, Godot and I huh, okay. um, put that together, and we may be able to bring it to Big Bad Con. Well, then I hope so if it's not there. I just remember lending out such a LARP. Uh, or maybe it was a friend's LARP and I misunderstood. Um, oh. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so we've got games on demand uh, and just a lot of f fun things. I've really liked the kind of the 
the non-standard, non-traditional games that they have, the uh, the, the indie format, the yeah. smaller form games. Um, there are also a lot more uh, Scandinavian type LARPs that got brought in. Um, Midnight Trial? Tribunal. Midnight Tribunal. Jason Morningstar uh, ran that one. Yeah. I having, having just spent the weekend having my life changed by Nordic LARP, I would love to play some more Nordic LARPs. But, before we go too far much further in, it is time to say Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to the Games of Geeks, Geeks Podcast. Zeros, if they want to email us, how do they do that? Synth pop intro. <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't, don't. A C E O F G E K S P O D C A S T I N G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the web at aceofgeeks.net. And uh, well, Facebook, everything's there. Ace of Geeks. Yeah, I mean, we're Ace of Geeks everywhere. Everything, but everybody's really, really. If just you search to Ace of Geeks and we're not the first to come up, please email us at the previous email so we can fix that. Yeah, seriously. Um, AceofGeeks.net, where there's two other podcasts, there's a YouTube channel, there's a Twitch channel, there's come articles. Come to every Big day. Bad Con to play our Ace of Geeks branded LARP we have not yet written. Or just come up with a concept for. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> yes. Our um, theme song is by Castle Run. They're awesome. Keep strong, nerd on.